Welcome to the Renovate Church Sermon Podcast. At Renovate Church, we are passionate about teaching God's Word in such a way that you really get to know the heart and character of God and where you can apply the truth of Scripture to every aspect of living. We believe that God's Word is relevant and has the power to transform your life. We're excited for this most recent sermon and we hope it blesses and encourages you. Hey, Renovate community. I'm so glad that you could join us online this morning for our service. Uh, We're not able to meet in person, uh, but we're going to continue in our series uh, called Prince of Peace, uh, which is so important and so necessary right now with everything that's going on in the world. And we started out this uh, series with that famous passage of scripture in Isaiah chapter nine, where it's talking prophetically about this coming savior, this coming Messiah, and it's listing names. And it says that he is the uh, everlasting father. He is the prince of peace. And so we've been really digging into that of what that really means that Jesus is the prince of peace, because we all, really crave peace in our lives. We crave peace internally. We crave peace in our marriages and homes. We crave peace in our neighborhoods and we crave peace in the world. And this is one of the biggest aspects of the Christmas story. And so we're going to dig in today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter two and in the gospels, which are the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that are the eyewitness accounts of Jesus. Two of those books focus on the Christmas story. Luke is the more famous one in Luke chapter one and two, where we find a lot of the content that's used around Christmas. But Matthew's chapter one and two are also, it's the second place where the Christmas story is told. And I really wanna dig in to one particular aspect of the Christmas story in Matthew two, and it's this idea that being in the center of God's will is the safest place that we can ever be and a place of peace and rest. So that's the big idea for this message as we dig in uh, today. So Matthew uh, chapter two, uh, if you're following along, um, I'm gonna go ahead and read, and then we're gonna pull out some of the important content from this and see how it applies to our lives. So in verse one, it says this, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So Jesus is born and um, these Magi uh, are aware of it and they're trying to find Jesus and identify him and um, they're looking for him. And it says this, In verse 3, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. 
When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. So they're saying, they're pointing back to this Old Testament passage of scripture in Micah chapter five, uh, that's very famous. And uh, Micah 5 is one of the scriptures we point to, to the Old Testament prophecies about Jesus. And it's interesting that in verse 5 of Micah, it talks about he is the one who is peace. He is the one who is peace. And so these, they, they, they say, hey, listen, the Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem because that's what the prophets have said, and then they actually quote Micah 5, and here's what it says. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So they point back, and the thing we always have to understand is that the Christmas story and the gospel and the Bible is rooted in history, and it's rooted in reality, it's rooted in truth. And so they find, they quote that passage out of Micah 5, hey listen, out of Bethlehem in the land of Judah uh, is gonna come a ruler who's gonna shepherd my people Israel. So it, then it says, then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. So Herod is interested in Jesus, but from a wrong motive. His, and, and if you study the commentaries on Matthew 2, it says the big idea of Matthew 2 is that God's protection over Jesus, Joseph, and Mary, despite wicked people, wicked circumstances, wicked events, that God's protection is is over them despite people's wrong motives despite the desire to want to do them harm and all this and guys we we see this story of yes Jesus yes Joseph yes yes Mary but there's also truth that we can pull out for our own lives and that's what we're seeing here so Herod has this this uh uh, wicked motivation to want to find Jesus because he feels threatened uh, by Jesus because, hey, he might disrupt my kingdom, my rulership, my leadership. And so he sent them, he sends the Magi to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. So he sends the Magi out and it says this in verse nine, after they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. So here they are, they're, they're searching for Jesus. They, they see the star, they're overjoyed that they're gonna get a chance to see this promised Messiah, this deliverer, this savior. And um, it goes on to say, um, on coming to the house, they saw the child uh, with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. 
Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now listen, guys, our big idea that we're pulling out of this Christmas story in the Prince of Peace is that the safest place on earth for jo Jesus, Joseph, Mary, the Magi, uh, you, the shepherds, you and I, the safest place on earth is to be right in the center of God's will despite what's going on around us, despite the natural, despite circumstances, despite opposition, despite hardship, despite all of that, right? Because these guys are about to make a decision to say, hey, we're actually going to disobey uh, Herod, we're actually not going to go back to him. We're going to trust God's leading in our life, despite what that might look like, despite uh, that in their brains, they could be thinking, hey, listen, like this might be the wrong thing to do. We, we might need to, you know, go ahead and go back and honor Herod and all this stuff. So they make a decision. So let me just read it again. Right? Because this is powerful. It says, And having been warned, verse 12, having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another way. So this is the first example, guys, of, of in this story, Matthew 2, where we see that they trusted God. They heard, they, God was leading them and they trusted that leading and we're going to see all through this story that when God leads us, it's always a place of provision, it's a place of peace, and it's a place of protection. This, guys, this is, this is it's, it's so amazing and so encouraging. So God protects the Magi, right, in the midst of this. Now, the story goes on and starts to center in on Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. So here's what it says. Verse 13, when they had gone, the Magi, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. So here's, here's another um, God, God speaking uh, to, to his people uh, through the Magi. He spoke through a dream. Here's Joseph. He gets a dream and watch what happens. Here's what the angel said. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So here's, here's Joseph, right? Um, he's not even hugely, I would say, hugely spiritually mature at this point. I mean, he, he didn't even understand just in the last chapter what God was even doing with Mary and being betrothed to her and what was happening. Yet he trusted. He trusted God and said, hey, okay, I might not understand all this, but God, I'm going to trust you in the midst of this, right? And then he trusts and goes to Bethlehem, right? The journey to Bethlehem, that's uh, distance, that's walking, that's threats, that's all that goes to no place for him <laughs> to, to stay, right? Has Jesus, right? And now the angel comes and says, hey, listen, you need to go 
to Egypt. Now listen, that's 400 miles, three, between 350 and 400 miles away. He's got to pack up Mary. He's got to pack up Jesus. He's got to go on the road and um, trust God. It's like there's nothing in the story that says like, hey, you know, you're going to go to this specific place and I'm going to provide for you there and you're going to have protection and all this. I mean, there's threats. There's threats as they're, they're traveling down. Uh, hey, where are we going to stay? How is God going to provide for us? But here's the thing that we see over and over again is that Joseph and Mary, right, they sensed God's leading and direction. They trusted it. They obeyed. And they were right in the center of God's will. Despite what it might look like, despite going to a different country, leaving their country, Israel, despite all the uncertainties in their life, all that, they were in the safest place they could be because they were in the center of God's will and God's peace, protection, and provision accompanied them. So let's, let's keep going on, right? So it says, um, so he got up, took the child with his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt, I called my son. So again, he hears, he discerns, he trusts, he obeys, he goes, and God provides peace, God provides protection, God provides provision for him and for Mary and for Jesus. So here they are in Egypt, right? Story goes on. Verse 16, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, okay? And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. So guys, the situation that the world was in, that Joseph and Mary and Jesus were in, the Magi were in, hey, this was a contentious environment and culture and chaotic. It was, yes, Jesus was the Prince of Peace. Jesus was bringing peace, but what was going on around them was, was contentious and chaotic. We, and you, you, we have to see this in the story. So then, as we go on, verse 19, it says this, After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. So here it is again. Joseph trusts God with Mary. Joseph trusts God to go to Bethlehem. Joseph trusts God to go to Egypt with not all the information. The Magi trust God to not go back to Herod, right? And now we see this same kind of theme pick up. And it says that um, the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, quote, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So now God comes back to Joseph and says, Hey, listen, okay. 
It's time to go back now to Israel. And once again, Joseph is going to hear, discern, he's going to trust and obey, and he's going to go back, and, and he's going to be right in the center of God's will. So he got up, verse 21, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel, again, probably 350 to 400 miles walking back. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judah, in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And having been warned in a dream, <laughs> this, this is uh, so powerful to me. Guys, it's so powerful because God wants us to, to know him and he wants us to know his will. And, he, and when we really trust him as he's leading us, Again, despite what the circumstances are, despite what the obstacles are, despite what everything is telling us, despite the discomfort, right? When, when we discern and we trust and we obey, supernatural provision, supernatural peace, supernatural protection come into our lives. So here's what it says. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. So our big idea, guys, in this, this Christmas story, uh, as I said at the beginning, um, and again, most commentators, and I'll just read this, most commentators say Matthew chapter 2, the big idea, yes, the birth of Jesus, yes, um, you know, um, the, the Christmas story, all this. But it says this, God's protection over Jesus, Joseph, Mary, and his people, and God's will happening despite opposition from destructive forces, destructive people, destructive circumstances. So. God's protection over them, yet God's will being done, again, despite destructive people, destructive circumstances, destructive forces. Guys, we can take great, great confidence and hope in this. And as we read the Christmas story, putting ourselves in Joseph's place, and I mean, again, here he is, like God asking him to do radical things, right? Like, Hey man, trust me in this of what I'm doing with your, with your bride. Trust me what I'm doing having you go. To the, trust me in what I'm having you do to go to a foreign country, right? Not knowing what's going to happen and, and where am I going to go? How am I going to be provided for? Um, like, am I going to be protected? And being there and God, God doing all of it and, and guys, Again, you can, we can see all throughout Scripture ex examples of this principle. I mean, we can see Elijah at one time, God providing for him at the brook supernaturally with ravens and all this stuff. And then the brook drying up. And then God saying, hey, Elijah, I'm going to have a different way to provide for you. And... Elijah having to leave what was familiar and what was comfortable to trust God. But as he did and as he went, he, he was provided for, he was protected, and he had peace. And so we can see this 
in, in this story that as Joseph went to Nazareth, as Joseph, uh, Joseph went to Bethlehem, as Joseph went to Egypt, as Joseph then heard God through a dream and an angel, and, and hey, it's time to go back. And he didn't delay. He didn't try to figure it all out. I mean, we get in the story that, that, that Joseph um, heard and he discerned, and then he took action. And he takes them back, and then, right, he, he hears or he's got some anxiety around going back to a certain place, right? And then the Lord warns him again in a dream and says, hey, man, I want you to go here to Nazareth. And, and so God is, we see just God's sovereign providence over their lives, and it gives us great hope for our own lives um, that um, God does the same thing in our lives. And so, guys, I just want, again, I just want to encourage you, uh, no matter where you're at, um, God wants to speak to you, and God wants to direct your life, and God wants to bring peace in your Remember what it says. It says, let the peace of God rule in your heart, literally like an umpire. So God wants to speak to us. He wants to direct our steps. He wants to order our steps, right? We cannot look at the obstacles. We cannot look at the circumstances. We can't look at everything that's going on. We have to be able to just trust God's heart. Joseph, even as somebody who maybe wasn't a pre, right? He was able to trust God's heart in leading for, for his life, for Mary's life, for Jesus's life. And we have to be able to do that in our own lives. We have to be able to say, hey, God does want to speak to me. He does care about me. He does want to direct and order my steps. And I'm gonna approach him in a way where God, I believe you, you are gonna speak to me. You want to speak to me into my career, into my finances, into my family, into choices, into my children. God, and as I hear and discern what you're saying, right? Not what the world is saying, not what other people are saying, not, you know, as I, as, as I hear and discern that and I trust it, and I take steps of obedience, God, I can, through this Christmas story, Matthew 2, I can see that, God, you are going to provide, you're going to protect, and you're going to give me your peace. And so, um, this is just a great story. Again, the safest place on earth that, that any of us can be. Despite, I mean, we could be in the midst of all of our enemies surrounding us. Yet if we're in the center of God's will, it's the safest place that we can be. And it's a place of incredible peace. And so let me pray. Guys, I hope this message encouraged you. It encouraged me this week as I was studying it. Um, man, just, just, just powerful. And so let me go ahead and pray and um, uh, we'll close out uh, this teaching. So Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Your word is truth. Your word is a light unto our path. And thank you for this Christmas story, how it just reveals your providence and your sovereignty and your protection over Jesus, over Mary, over Joseph, over the Magi and the shepherds and all this. And God, we can pull out um, just so much um, comfort 
and peace out of this. That just as you provided for them, God, um, you're going to provide for us. And so um, I just pray you would give every person here um, just um, a, an ability to hear and discern your voice and your leading in their lives. And God, just a, a, an ability to trust and not just look at the circumstances all the time, but to really trust your voice and to trust your leading. And I just pray for, for peace um, and provision and protection over every person who watches this. And um, we love you. Uh, you're a great God. Um, and um, we just thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for um, truth. And we thank you for peace. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, guys, hope you have a great, great weekend. Hey, we are so glad that you joined us for our service this morning. If you are interested in learning about how you can start a relationship with Jesus, we would love to be here to talk that through with you. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 12, that whoever has the Son has life. And we really believe that here at Renovate. So again, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, if you're just interested in learning more about the faith, you have questions, we'd love to hear from you as well. Or if you want to grow as a follower of Jesus or get more involved in what we're doing, we'd love to hear from you. So just go ahead and comment on the platform that you're at or reach out to us by email at info at renovatechurch.com. Again, we're so glad you were able to join us. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to hearing from you soon.